I just realized that I wasn't getting the attention that I like wanted mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for that in other places. So I just started getting into trouble. Welcome to Dope Conversations with Dave Carroll and Friends. Despite my early life being filled with trouble, mistakes, and eventually going to prison, I've been able to open up multiple seven-figure businesses and we are reshaping the landscape of how direct mail marketing works for local businesses. In this podcast, we're gonna combine business, life challenges, triumphs, and the decisions that define us. Together, we're gonna elevate your business, enrich your personal journey, or maybe just indulge in some genuine conversations with friends, industry giants, and other thought leaders that I want you to hear more from. Let's fill your cup and dive in. Here we go. All right, welcome back to Dope Conversations. Dave, we just wrapped up talking about a little bit about the business, a little bit about who you are, but most importantly, why we're having this podcast. And we cannot literally begin on episode two, three, four, five, or anything like that without getting into some of the early life. Yeah. And when we originally met and talked, I was like, this is pretty interesting. So the main thing I think here is, I don't think you're going to hold anything back. But at the same time, it's like, we want to be talking to the people who are in might be in the situation right now. Absolutely. Gary V always says, if anyone in your situation has ever overcome this problem, Yep. then you don't have an excuse. Yep. And I think that's what you're going to bring to the table. But let's talk about your early life a little bit. And let's just talk about your upbringing and some of the family dynamics. Yeah, man. So uh, born and raised in St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. My parents were married three times each. I mm -hmm. come from the second marriage. So my parents <laughs> met in high school, knew each other. Yes. My dad, and I think he was in like his third year of college, got his girlfriend pregnant. My mm -hmm. father's now like 75. So back in that yeah. day, there was no talk. He yeah. got married. Yeah. Dad got married, ended up having three kids. My mom ended up getting married and having three kids. They moved in the same cul-de-sac. So they had had like a fling in high school, Dang. moved in the same cul-de-sac, ran off with each other. <laughs> We're only married for like five, six years. Yes. Had me and my brother. There was a bunch of like miscarriages in between. And when Dang. you look back, I've done a lot of like reflection, spirituality stuff on that. But there was like 10 miscarriages. Oh from, my. And just me and my brother are the only full brothers. So I have a large family. Yes. Was around my mom's kids growing up a little bit more. Even, sorry, real quick. Just, yeah, the, just yeah. the way you say that, like my mom's kids, they're not brothers and sisters. No, man, it was never like, so like we were in the same household growing up, but never had like a super tight relationship. And remember like my mom left her family to run off with my dad. And as I've gotten older and being a parent, I can't fucking fathom. And you got how many kids? I got five kids and, between. And you could imagine being like, Oh my out. God, I couldn't, <laughs> I could not fathom my wife being like, I'm leaving. And then she took, she took, my mom took my sister. My mom passed away about four months ago. Oh, so my mom took my sister and left my two brothers in that house. And just like in her passing, we've had some dialogue and some conversation, just some things that opened up even in the past couple of months, man, where it's like the baggage around that, the emotional, like just all of it. It's, uh, 
yeah, man, it's crazy. And I didn't, these are things that I learned like as an adult more now. And you like, can't process that young. Dude, you have like lenses in life. And I know we're going to get into this, but you think about the moments. Like one of the moments I always remember in my life is like, where were you at when 9-11 happened, sure. right? Like you can go back to those moments or yep. someone famous, whatever. What I think about is like, for me, I have phases in my life of, you know, growing up, you got your memories. I got in some trouble that we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. So I have like that phase of my life going back to when I was 21. And then I have like the different phases of my children, like their ages or when they were born, where I was at in my life. Yeah. I can remember like certain specific yes. things. And it's like, I look at my family dynamic. I heard someone telling a story once it hit me, it hit hard for home. It was like, what you grew up around, like that's your normal. You know, mm -hmm. like you have kids that like, for any of you that have children, you have kids or something we, we talk to my kids about when they go to school is like, you never know what another kid is going through. Yes. Coming in. That's why you got to lead with kindness. You got to be a leader. You got to, you know, approach everything with empathy because you never know what someone else is going through. And so when you think about like my upbringing growing up, I just thought it was, it was fucking normal. Mm. So, but it like, it was when I look back or I talked to other people growing up. So like we grew up in a decent neighborhood, mm -hmm. but like my mom was an undiagnosed bipolar schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. Like when you heard the footsteps coming down the hallway, I'm like, mom, I love you. But like, we didn't know what the fuck was coming. It could be love. It could be screaming. It could be, it could be anything. I bet. Oh, let me ask you this. Just, just hearing you describe this. I have a similar feeling experience, a little bit of that, but yeah. it's even if it's love, you're still waiting for the other shoe to drop. Always. Always. Like, that gets like, that's in your DNA. Dude, and it's, there's work and hours mm -hmm. and on the pillow meditating and mm -hmm. going through things like, <sighs> I have this belief that you are who you are when you're born, mm -hmm. but then like your path in life and the decisions you make get you to where you're at. And mm -hmm. you always have a choice to take a chance mm -hmm. at any time. Mm -hmm. And so like, when I look at my upbringing we like weren't like financially, we weren't stressed. My dad had some dough. He bought oh. my mom a house. Like we were never like needed for anything, but it was like, we would go to decent schools. I went to like, like a Catholic school growing up. And until I went to nine high schools, we'll get into that. But Dang. like, yeah, <laughs> had, I made, made some rounds, but uh, it was like our normal at home wasn't like what we consider normal for anyone else. We had like, like it was like hoarder stuff going on in our house a yeah. little bit. Just to, you think about like mental instability and undiagnosed mental illness, like that's some shit. And when I look back at the atmosphere, like me and my brother would leave our house in our little uniforms, go mm -hmm. to school. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember going to other kids' houses and being like, what is this? Doesn't it look like this? Yeah. No one's yelling. Like mm -hmm. there's not any like crazy shit going on. And then we come home and it was kind of like our mom loved us. Like mm -hmm. we had unconditional love. Mm -hmm. But it was just this very like volatile upbringing. And I always knew like, as I was growing up, reflecting on this as a parent, I just wanted to get away from all that shit. There was yeah. just no stability. It was like my mom and my dad separated when I was five. And when I reflect on like, you know, those moments you have like third grade, fifth grade, it's not like you remember the whole thing, but you have those little pieces. When I lead up to like grade school and then getting into high school, it was like, I just realized that I wasn't getting the attention that I like wanted mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for that in other places. So I just started getting into, into trouble. Yeah. I started walking fucking cliche. I mean, mm -hmm. like selling drugs, mm -hmm. dealing with, you know, like gangs. There's just like all the bad shit where it was like, the people that I was involved in, the things where I was doing, I was the young kid, 13, 14, 
in the bad neighborhoods, in the hood, just like surrounding myself with people to get attention from other people that came from like broken homes and stuff. This is so interesting to me. Do you feel, looking back at least, you probably mm -hmm. couldn't understand this then, but did you feel like you couldn't kick it with good people or good kids? And you're like, if I'm not going to be able to relate to them, I'm just going to do crazy shit. Dude, where it's, so anything goes. it's so wild that you bring this up. I was just talking to one of my coaches like the other day about this was like, you don't know what you're doing when you're doing, especially when you're a kid, oh, like yeah. you're just developing. Yeah. But it was like, I was gravitating towards other pain, towards other things that were broken. Like yeah. if you would have asked me what I was doing then, it was like, I just didn't feel comfortable around things that were too comfortable. Mm -hmm. Like I needed this growing up around this, like reactiveness, this pressure, this yeah. whatever, like all of it all the time. I found, and like, I've done a lot of reflecting about this with like my mother passing this mm -hmm. year. I'm just like, mom didn't know how to have normal relationships. Mm -hmm. There needed to be this like volatility, yes. yeah. this thing. We would talk about like in our family, like it's only a matter of time. Like it can all be great. You can be having great conversations, great dialogue. My mom would get in a room and get so fucking uncomfortable with things like being normal. She would start doing crazy shit to like shake the fucking box up. Dude. And it's like, I'm the same way. Yeah, I mean, like, and then, like, you, you kind of don't know it and you don't see it. But then you look at, like, again, I, I you'll hear me a lot as I, as I talk going back to, like, as a parent, as a parent. I always wanted to have kids at a young age because I came from three fucking marriages. Like, I didn't know I wanted to have five kids. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> me and my wife just like to practice a lot. But it's, like, the concept around I knew that, like, my mom, my little brother's two and a half years younger than me. She had him when he was 40. She was, like, 37, 38 when Damn. she had me. I'm fucking 38 right now. I got five kids. Mm. I felt like part of the reason that I started to get into so much trouble is, like, my parents had done this before. They had two families already that they were a part of, like, raising, communicated through. They met each other, fell in love, and ran off. I use the analogy when I'm talking, not that I would ever do this, but, like, let's say me and my wife broke up tomorrow, and I went and got the Instagram thoughty yeah. and ran off, and, like, the hot Instagram chick gets pregnant. I already have a family that I, like, ran off from. I'm not really trying to raise another set of kids. I'm kind of trying to fuck your mom. Mm. And so, like, that, the intention of that, and I know it's, like, raw and fucked up to say no, it man. like that, but it's, like, I put myself in the spot of, like, where my parents were at, where their focus was, where their parent, where their parental attention was. And it just wasn't on us. That's yeah. not, that doesn't make them bad people. They had just gone through different phases in their life to yeah. get to where they're at. Me and my brother are byproducts of that, but me and my brother are polar fucking like, don't get me wrong. We think and approach things very mm -hmm. similar, but like my little brother went to one school, athlete, went to college, great kid, never really got in a bunch of trouble where me, I'm the fucking poster child of fucking, <laughs> you know, we'll get to that. Does that chaos, and I could see it, I could hear it, does that chaos in any way contribute to you being able to thrive in a chaotic entrepreneurial environment? Bro, so it's like, here's, here's, I've been working on this so fucking much lately, and I'm just getting started. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like the journey that I'm on yeah. right now, but what you're talking about is hitting so hard to home because it's like <laughs> the things that this morning I'm yeah. working on this type of shit. The practice of like, you know, whatever your thing is, it's God, it's Buddha, it's a great pumpkin, it's fuck, whatever. Mm -hmm. When you understand that the true power is being able to hone the things that you were born with and understand, you think about like the Buddhist monks. Mm. These Buddhist monks are trained where like they could take your life with their finger, <laughs> but the power is that they don't. Mm -hmm. The power every day is understanding like 
I'll tell this funny story. I was talking to a religious buddy of mine and I'm like, you know what Jesus said in the Bible, Larry? It was, uh, with, I think it was in Genesis. With great power comes great responsibilities. <laughs> like, Dave, you know, I love you. It wasn't Jesus. Dude. It was Spider-Man. Yeah. And like <laughs> the idea of when you understand, I've been able to, un- like my power, the thing I was born with, being able to have, you know, kind of a gift of gab, understand business a little bit, understand sales, understand marketing, those things. My tenacity of understanding that like you bleed, you breathe. I've been through some shit. Mm -hmm. You can't do anything I can't do. Mm. What I've been through allowed me to start with that mentality. Competition. You're going to outwork me? I'll just wake up earlier and go to sleep later. Like you can do what you can do and I can do it. And I, that was ingrained in me. I come from an entrepreneurial household. Like my mom owned stores. My dad was a business owner. I never, dude, I had one job in my fucking life. That normality, like I go back to Rich, like we all have our story. You know, we all have what we came from. We have to understand and we have to appreciate the parts of that that can apply to other things. One thing we all have to understand, entrepreneur, business owner, maybe you just have a job and you're a parent. That's all you do. It's beautiful. What got you here won't get you there. Hundred. And so when you look at like, there are things that I've been able to draw from in my life that got me to these certain phases, but it's the reality or the realization that those things that might've gotten me there I can't get to this next level. Mm -hmm. I can't help more people. Mm -hmm. I can't be in a spot to be a better leader if I keep those limiting thoughts that like Dave, the fucking aggressive, violent drug dealer is what got me. No, man, I got to leave that dude or a lot of what that dude is in the past. Mm -hmm. I got to understand that that, that's a part of me. Mm -hmm. Like I have that in me, but it's the evolution of how to take those things and be able to to contribute. Joe saying that on the way over here, he's talking about how at 25, there's a part of him that just had to die. Amen. And I was like, yeah. he said it. And I was like, dude, you said that so definitively. He's like, that's it. Everything changed after that. But think of the work, Joe, that you had to put in to get there. Yes. To be able to go through some shit, see it and be like, I'm going to leave a piece of me here. I do these retreats. Our boy, Jesse, <laughs> yeah. I do these retreats with Jesse quarterly. I make a commitment. It's this Kobe thing. So we named, we named my fifth son, my, my last child. We yeah. named him Kobe. <laughs> I got a starting lineup. Kobe's, Kobe's the greatest. <laughs> yeah. But the mentality of that Mamba mentality where you sign a contract to yourself, you make a commitment with yourself. Kobe did it every year with training. You'd say, I'm going to do this and I'm signing physically. He would yeah. write it out. He'd sign a contract with himself. A contract I sign with myself when I go on these retreats with Jesse, comparing to what we're talking about right now is like, I make a commitment that when I go to one of these things, I'm going to leave a piece of myself there. Mm. I'm going to go with intention to approach something and say, this is something I'm working through in my life right now, in my business, in my marriage. And the old me, 18-year-old, 25-year-old, 32-year-old, I wasn't in a space where I could do that. Yes. But when I reflect on it, Joe, similar to what you were talking about on the drive-in was like, you look back at these points in your life of where you make that decision and they become that, defi- that it's your 9-11 moment. It's your firstborn moment. It's this thing that you can definitively go back to and say, I changed there. I left a piece of me back there and I'm, I'm here now because of it. There's a Steve Bartlett diary of a CEO. He had this quote and he, he it's not his quote. He said he heard it on YouTube, but yeah. it's the only time change can actually happen is when the pain of changing is less than the pain of staying the same. And I think like with you, with Joe, and I've experienced it as well. It's like that part of you that needs to die 
only comes from being like, I want that more. I know what I want now. So it's like, this is literally a 50 pound plate in my backpack. To be able like, it's, I gotta, I, there's no way I could get there if this is lingering. So we're going to get into that. But thank you for the vulnerability. That's like not easy stuff to talk to. And it's clear you've done a lot of work because if I were telling those stories, I'd be, the faucets would be on, man. <laughs> for sure. But we're going to get into more. We're going to get into some trouble next yeah. episode. You're going to get into some trouble yeah. in the next episode. And as someone who knows just a little bit about it and knowing where I'm sitting now and what you've created here, yep. it's, it's kind of remarkable, man. So I can't wait for the audience to tune into that. Do not skip the next episode. We're getting into some more Dope Conversations. Thank you for tuning in to Dope Conversations with me, Dave Carroll, and my incredible friends. From the depths of adversity to the peaks of success, we've journeyed through the intricate tapestry of business and life. Remember, every challenged face is an opportunity to redefine ourselves. As we close, reflect on the insights shared and considered how you can elevate your business and your personal journey. And until next time, keep your cup full and stay dope.